Esme. She's a queen. This is dedicated to all my beautiful queens, all my beautiful ladies out there. She's a queen. Go queen. She's the first African-American female to touch eight platforms in the world of arts and entertainment. She's done theater productions, she's a playwright, book publishing, record label, music distribution, film director, and I'm not going to name them all because I want her to tell us everything. So I'm just going to stop talking and go ahead and let her introduce herself. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm happy we connected. So like I was telling everyone when I was looking through your information, you have done quite a bit, you know, as African-American woman in the world of arts and entertainment, and you've been singing since you were a child. So like, just give us your background on how you got into this field. I know you started singing what at the age of six. Yes. So I, I grew up in the church. Um, and I started singing in the children's choir. Um, (laughs) As I grew, um, once I got to high school, I started uh, attending talent shows around the city of Boston. That's where I'm originally Mm -hmm. from, Mm -hmm. and so I would do talent shows. I had a little group, had a little dance group, um, and I was the lead singer, and we started winning awards um, as we started circulating the city of Boston, and I had the opportunity to actually um, do an audition with Maurice Starr, but he wanted he wanted a girls group, and only two of us showed up out of the four. So he was like, "Well, you know, hit me up when y'all are really ready," because the other girls kind of like ghosted us, so we didn't get to do what we need to do. So as time went by, I said, "Okay, well, I'm gonna continue to sing because I just know I'm gonna be one of Janet Jackson's backup singers. Like you ain't, you can't tell me nothing, right?" <laughs> well, what ended up happening was um, I went to a community college, Roxbury Community College in Boston, and one of the teachers said, um, "You should be writing." She was an English teacher that looked at some of my stuff that I wrote, and I, I remember the assignment being like a short story or something. And she said, I, your passion, you're passionate about how you write. And I think that you should go into this field. And I was like, no, I'm going to be one of Janet Jackson's dancers. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not about to be a writer. I'm going to be in on the big screen. So we ended up, moved, me and my mom ended up moving to Little Rock, Arkansas after I graduated. And so the dream of singing just plummeted. <laughs> I was still singing. I was still in the church, but you know, the ambition, the drive wasn't really there. Um, mm-hmm. We were, we were living in like a rural area that wasn't much going on and it was kind of depressing actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
as time went by, I, you know, went back to school, got several degrees, decided I wanted to be a teacher. I said, I'm just going to let singing pass me by and I'm going to get a family and raise children. So I moved to North Carolina, went to North Carolina Central University um, and obtained several degrees, met my, um, at the time, boyfriend turned into husband, now ex-husband. And, you know, we made a family and for 15 years, I was just sitting there like with this urge of, I gotta do something, I gotta do something. I still was singing because he was a preacher. So I still was singing, still had to do my thing in church but it was just something missing. And mm-hmm. so um, 2015, my grandmother died and my mother-in-law at the time said, hey, God told me to tell you to write. And so I'm like, well, what am I supposed to be writing? Can you ask him what I'm, what I'm supposed to be writing? So, <laughs> so she said, I don't know. She said that I'm, this is the word that I'm getting from the Lord. So I said, okay. And that's how the book started. So the books took me into a whole nother realm, which connected the dots for everything else. Mm-hmm. And so within a few months, I had sold over like 10,000 copies. Um, I started book doing a book tour, started meeting a lot of um, individuals in the entertainment world. And I said, okay, well, this is turning into something really huge. So let me write a play. Cause I think people wanna see how this looks on stage. So I wrote a play. Um, we had all sold out shows in North Carolina. Um, and I'm like, okay, maybe I'm on to something else. Let me see if this can be, you know, if I can dibble and dabble in, into film. Well, then COVID hit. So every production that we had, you know, planned kind of got canceled. Right. Um, so I said, okay, well, what am I going to do while I'm actually sitting at the house and not able to go anywhere? And one of my friends said, oh, well, you got the charisma and the gift to gab. Why don't you do a talk show? I'm like, talk show? I don't know nothing about doing a talk show. (laughs) Like, that ain't what I do. All right. And I said, okay, well, you know, I would love to interview celebrities. And it was like I spoke it into existence. So Mm -hmm. I met someone who um, worked with Sony who... Um, hooked me up with a lot of celebrities to come onto the show and it went from one show a week to three shows a week and before you knew it we was at seven seasons with people like Matthew Knowles and the Jacksons and um, uh, so a whole bunch of I I don't Mm -hmm. want to too many to name really yeah Yeah, 15 episodes um, per season and so um name start my name started traveling in the industry and so the same person that helped me with the show he said well you know since you're so connected to music it would be a good thing if you could create a music show as well and I said well what would I call it and he was like well I know back in the Sony days we we always used to talk about the heat seekers Mm -hmm. and so I was like oh okay okay started that show that became very popular And then I said, well, let me create a magazine because one thing about indie artists is they don't have any coverage. Nobody really cares about what they're doing. You know, they're one and done once their song is put out um, because the digital world has pretty much destroyed everything. And so I created the magazine um, that became really popular. Now we're national. We've only been out eight months. 
Um, and then the same person came back to me again and said, well, just want you to know that I have Sony Orchard distribution accounts and I wanna give you one. And I, I know you'll do well. Why don't you go ahead and sign some artists and help them with marketing? And so that's what brought me to Sony Orchard. So everything everything has been like a big explosion, like one thing right. after another. All of this happened starting after 2015, basically. And that, wow. And it never stopped. It never so, stopped. So like you said, once you, you know, you had that aspiration as a child, obviously. Now, as far as the Maurice Star situation, was this before or after he had developed New Edition and worked with them and New Kids on the Block and everything? Was that before or after? That was after they became, wow. all of them became famous. It was actually 1989 when this happened. And he found and the girl like, didn't even, that's crazy that like, you would think that everybody would have been on board for that. Well, you know, when you, when you're dealing with teenagers and yeah. everybody's not serious about singing, everybody doesn't have the confidence that you have when it comes to their gift and right. they don't have the backing of parental support. Um, you know, one girl, she, her parents were really religious and didn't want mm -hmm. her. To well, be, yeah. yeah, so, and that's so a common thing. yeah, so it was a situation of things that we couldn't help, but it was like it was so last minute, it's not like we could find anybody to replace them because we didn't yeah. find out that they weren't coming until we got to his house. Like mm. we were actually in his studio in his house in, right. in Roxbury. And when we got there, it was like, dang, where are yeah. they? Yeah. So, and that was our only opportunity because he was thinking about doing the girls' group. But he was saying it's too much drama with women. He wanted, you know, he he liked the oh, boys, and so mm -hmm. we were trying to prove him wrong. We we're like, no, we can do this. Yeah. But as you can see, it must have been drama because only two of us showed up. Right <laughs> now, that's an example too of just you know how sometimes like your environment can kind of halt some of your dreams sometimes too, which I think that probably happens to so many different people. Like you said, some people may not be as serious as others or they may have family things that may stop them. And I know that's like a common thing too. I know with a lot of artists, with they have, they have that religious background, sometimes your family just really don't go for that because it's a secular world and everything like that. So from that transition, like you said, you moved to Arkansas, completely different environment from a bigger city. Then you started a family and everything. So I know you said, though, you still had that burning, though, to still pursue your dreams, which is a great thing that you went and did it. So what would you say, though, now when you, in 2015, when you did begin pursuing everything, were you still married? Well, was that after, you know, your divorce took place? Yeah, I, I got married in 2005. Okay. Um, yeah, and I got I went into separation 2019. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, I so was still married. When you decided, how was it though, when you finally said though, hey, I still have this dream and I still want to go for it because so many people follow that same pattern. You know, you have that dream when you're younger, but you know, as women, it's like, oh, well, you know, it's the blueprint, get married, have a family. And sometimes that dream is like still there. And it's so easy to be so overwhelmed with life responsibilities that it may stop some people from pursuing it. So how was that experience for you? Like what made you say, hey, you know, I got that confidence. I still have this dream. I know I have the talent and I'm going to go for it. Like, what was that experience like? 
Yeah. So when my grandmother died, um, the only way that I probably probably would have overcome that grief was writing because mm. I was, I was pretty messed up. She was like a mother to me. So mm -hmm. it was a good thing that my mother-in-law came to me with that, but no one knew that it would go turn into what it would turn into. Like I've been hearing all my life, you're going to be in entertainment. You're going to be singing. You're going to be into television. You, people have been telling me this since I was a little girl. Um, my mother mm -hmm. sent me to modeling school and things like that because we were in pursuit of Disney. You know, we wanted it, wanted to be on Disney channel at the time. Um, so people around me always saw things in me that I didn't see. Yeah. So when she came to me about the books, I was like, Okay, I'm not for sure because I, I had started this pathway into the world of education. And by this time I had four degrees and I, I was in school administration, you know, I was conquering the my profession and I had gotten all the way up to a director status. So my attitude was, I can't turn back from this. Like like I've I've gone to school for all these years to to get yeah. here. And now you're telling me I'm supposed to be writing? What are you talking about? So mm -hmm. it was a it was a, a great transition for me, but it was a process where it allowed me to know about who I am and what I can accomplish. Because really and truthfully, I really didn't think my books were going to go past mama and daddy. Like wow. I, I did not have that confidence at that time. Mm -hmm. But it was the people around me that saw what they saw in me that pushed me further. Because if it was up to me, I would have never done any of that. Because I, wow. I didn't, I didn't have the self, the self esteem or the confidence to do it. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't think that I could write. I didn't think that I could um, get in a predicament to where I would be in television or anything. So it was a, um, a lady that she completed my website once I wrote my books, and she said, "Do you know any celebrities?" And I said, "No, ma'am." And she says, "Well, you're gonna know a lot soon." Mm -hmm. And I was like. Okay, who are these people telling me all these prophecies? Like, where is this coming from? Like, you know, so, and it happened. And, and I had to go back to her a couple of years later and be like, you know what? Remember when you told me this? And that? she didn't remember, but it's just amazing how God put people in my pathway to give right. me signs and, and declarations to say, hey, it's time to do this. It's time mm -hmm. to do this. Because right. I, I wouldn't have done it if it was just, me making moves I would have been content with being the mama the wife the uh, special education director and all the other okay. stuff I, I wouldn't have probably moved past that um, and so when other people see your light more than you see your light then you got to make moves because now you got to prove something now you now you got to be like okay well if y'all see this I mean well maybe I should try it and so mm -hmm. that's when my confidence started kind of building from there. Um, mm. But one, one thing I like to say is that even when you got that built confidence, like if that wasn't part of your script, as you say, when you decided to get married, yeah. um, it's very difficult on your spouse. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, because because you, you, you're changing the movie, you're changing the scene in the middle of the movie, as my ex yeah. would say. And yeah. It's a situation where, okay, this is not what he expected. He expected to have a wife, a house, children, 
and you just live happily ever after and you go to church every Sunday and, and you do what you're supposed to do for the church and you come home. Right. And so when I started being out in the limelight, you know, that wasn't for him. Mm. Like, he's, he was like, I'm not about this life. Mm. So. And that's and that's very honest and transparent for you to admit, because I think especially like when a lot of women who rebrand themselves are just start over at later stages in life there's the people you know that we're bringing into the situation you know mothers partners things like that you're right they're accustomed to that other person who really wasn't pursuing those dreams and stepping out on dreams in general especially in this field it takes a lot of courage to do that and there is a transition period for people around you because it's you know something different so it's very transparent that you, you know, that you admitted that because I think a lot of times people in your circle, they do have to adjust to like the new things that you're pursuing. And it does change you too, to a degree, you know, cause you're walking in a different, walking in a different way. There's a, a different type of confidence, a different type of just boldness that happens when, especially women, when we say, Hey, I want to go ahead and pursue those dreams that I may have put on a back burner, you know, to be there for everybody else. And it does take, I don't like to use the term selfishness, but it does take like, hey, I'm putting myself first because I'm pursuing my dreams. So sometimes I think it's an adjustment for the people around you sometimes like, wait, you know, they're not used to that. So that's very honest and real what you said. So like, obviously you talked about the books, but as I said, you have like a long list. You've done so many more things. Now, as far as with the books, you've done more. Like you said, you worked in the record labels. Tell us about the other things too. Executive music producer, you mentioned the talk show host, marketing director. Like, I don't want to miss anything. So, <laughs> so let's talk about some of the other things you've done too. And it's just amazing to me that all these things started after 2015. Yeah, and I'm blessed. I, that's mm -hmm. all I can say. I, I really don't have any explanation for it. Right. Um, I just know that God has favored me to continue to do all these things. Um, and then they say faith without works is dead. So yeah. it was like once I knew that I was supposed to be doing something in entertainment, I started the works. And right. you know, so I, I got the little the little green light from God and then I just I just took off. Um, mm -hmm. As far as the executive producer for um, uh, music, that was for an album for one of my artists. They allowed me to be on their album as an executive producer. I don't know why. I, I have never produced music. I don't know <laughs> anything about producing music. I don't know anything about making beats. I don't, I don't know anything, but they, I was honored because you know that's just something they wanted to do. They wanted me to be part of their project. And so I was very um, grateful for that. Um, as far as the talk shows, I have Amplified Exposure Live, and then I have the Heat Seekers, and then um, we're coming out with the Teresa B Show. It was supposed to be on radio, but the the team that I uh, for that particular radio station just wasn't a fit for me. Um, yeah, they, they didn't really have this stuff together. I just. Mm -hmm. And so I said, I said, no, I'll, I'll wait to produce this for another radio show. But I have done radio before here mm -hmm. in 108.9. And I actually have a cousin, uh, Michael McFadden, who is owner of that 
uh, radio station. And so mm-hmm. he allowed me to come in a couple of months and kind of do my thing. And from there, I said, oh, I can do this. So um, he wanted more of a, a show where you had people come in. And mm-hmm. at that time, COVID was so rampant in Atlanta you know, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't find anybody to come in the studio. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of canceled that whole thing and said, I'll wait until something else comes along. So I'm now yeah. trying to dibble and dabble more into radio um, as time goes by. Um, as far as the film stuff, um, there's a movie that we are trying to create about Frank Lucas. Um, Frank Lucas okay. was an American gangster. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's called Blue Magic. And we're trying to tell uh-huh. it the point of his childhood because mm. um, he had a really rough childhood that nobody talked about and so mm-hmm. um his manager previous manager and I are good friends and so he's going to tell it from his perspective about the um some of the stories that Frank told him when he was living um mm. and we're trying to get that off the ground but again with COVID and everything else it's really difficult to find funding and to find somebody to really help you with these projects so, you know, the investment dollars are just not there right now. And so, yeah. you know, everything is kind of on hold because of that. But mm-hmm. hopefully when everything clears up, if anybody hears this broadcast and they have a little change that they want to share, <laughs> you know, they can always give us a call or reach out right. because we would greatly appreciate someone that would love to fund some of these projects and um, help us with our endeavors. Because it's really yeah. doing it as an independent. Oh, definitely. Now you mentioned something that when you said your radio station experience, and I've been there, done that too. How it wasn't a good fit, so you moved on. What have been, if any, any other challenges that you may have faced? You know, with this new endeavor that you're working on, building yourself, building your brand. Have there been any other um, distinguished challenges that you could think of that you've experienced, and yeah. how are you? overcome them yes there's a lot of challenges one of the biggest challenges of being in the spotlight and doing all this stuff is that people want to ride your coattail they want to come in and they just want to it's like a surfboard on your back they they yeah. just want to ride the wave <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah nobody <laughs> wants nobody right. wants to help nobody wants to participate they just want you to do the work yeah. So th- those are the type of people that I've been meeting, like within the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you get people who they may help you with your endeavors, and then you do what what you, the information that they gave you, and then get upset because you took off and it didn't take off for them. Mm-hmm. And so then you have people mad at you, and I'm like, yeah, I can't win. It's like. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's not a situation where they're happy. We, we should be happy for one another. It, it yeah. shouldn't be any competition. There's so much for so many um, to get to the top. And right. none of us should be stifling each other to get there. Um, okay. So, you know, you just have people who, well, I'll give her the information. And then it takes off. And then they see me, you know, doing whatever. And then it's like, I really shouldn't have given her that information. I didn't realize yeah. she was going to take it to the top. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so those are some of the challenges. You, it's either the ride your coattail or I regret that I helped you. 
Yeah, and that's an unfortunate part of like this journey is some of the people that you meet, like it's, you know, you start meeting people that you never thought you would encounter. You start encountering people with different feelings and ways and just actions that I think sometimes you're not prepared for until it happens. And even then it's a shock because I can definitely list a bunch of things that I've ex- experienced in the past two years. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, people really need help. <laughs> I've experienced really dark situations you know and that's the thing like you said about people wanting to ride coattails sometimes people don't see what takes place behind the scenes and how much work it takes you know the the sleepless nights the investments the investments that don't come into fruition you know the people that don't want to give help and some people like you said who do want to give help but they have like a lot of conditions It's, it's a lot you know so I totally understand that for sure what have been some of the accomplishments that you've done so much like I said since 2015 that you would highlight as some of the top moments that give you a lot of you know like wow moments oh wow um I I I received several awards for Mm -hmm. my plays and my books but I think the one that's dearest to my heart is the gospel image award Mm-hmm. Um, for having um, it was like the best novel of the year or something uh, best inspirational novel of the year mm-hmm. um, that award really touches my heart because I mean gospel image awards like they used to be on BET back in the day they used it used to be something really big and so I look at it they picked little old me and so mm-hmm. um, one thing that I i make sure of is that I try to stay humble you know none of this goes to my head because it it could be taken away the next day like I'm never like you'll never see me with the big head you know even if I'm on the red carpet getting a Grammy or an Emmy because you know this is all a gift that God has given me so that was a gift and I I was really grateful for that Um, that was one of my biggest highlights um my second biggest highlight might probably be my books um, because they made so much in sales and did so much as far as um, getting in the top 10 of uh, Christian fiction. Um, mm-hmm. And I was, you know, competing with heavy hitters like, you know, Victoria Christopher Murray and Kimberly Lawson Roby. You know, mm-hmm. it's an awesome feeling when you can see Kimberly Lawson Roby's book number uh, 10 and your book might be number 11 or whatever. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that just gave me chills that these are the people that I've been reading their books for the last 30 years. And now yeah. here I am in a category with them. So, oh, yeah. So, yeah, that that's also um, a great accomplishment that is dear to my heart. Um, other than that, I, I think the third one would probably be interviewing the Jacksons. Mm-hmm. Like, like I was starstruck for mm-hmm. real. Um, thank, thankfully Chubb Rock was my, he assisted me with hosting because I knew I was going to freeze up. I was like, this is, this is the Jacksons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if they had Jack, if they had Janet on there, I would have really passed out. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause you know, I've been trying to be a backup singer since 1989. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah, just the fact that I had access to them and had a conversation with them was the highlight of my life like mm. I don't ever have to meet another celebrity again and it, it, it wouldn't matter to me 
Mm-hmm. So, um, but that was a great achievement as well. Wow, that's really good. So let's talk about your experience being a gospel singing artist. I know you mentioned you have been singing since you were age six, but how has that experience been, you know, being a gospel artist, you know, because you finally were able to sing, and I know that's been the crust of everything. So how has that experience been? Are you still, a, are you still like a recording artist? Or are you focusing just on the books and all the other endeavors you have? Well, yeah, I have some recordings, but we haven't put them out yet. Okay. Um, I just feel that it's just not time. I'm like, I get premonitions now, now that I know self, um, I get these like, uh, little signals of like for instance the talk show um 2018 I had that came to me in a dream that I was Mm going to have a talk show and Mm -hmm. so um but at that time 2018 wasn't the time you know because I I was working on plays and all the other stuff and I was you know going through stuff with my marriage so I said okay well I'm just gonna sit this right here and I'm gonna wait for God to give me a sign and so right. the sign came and then I act, acted upon it. Well, it's, it's going to be the same thing with, you know, my future projects. I'm, I'm just waiting for that sign. So for the, the singing, we're putting some, get, putting some things together in the studio, but I'm just not ready to release anything yet. Mm-hmm. So it might be 2022 before I do it. But yeah. I know my dad is like anxious for me to drop something because he's like, you've been singing all your life. Like, <laughs> you know, like, when are you, what are you going to do? Like, I'm always singing to him for birthdays and things like that. And he's like, I just don't know how you got into all this other stuff. <laughs> like, maybe you sounding disappointed. Like, why are you doing all this other stuff and you ain't singing? But, mm-hmm. but you know, at my age, I'm not in a rush. I'll get right. there. hopefully it'll come out in 2022 okay um right now i'm focused on my artists so okay now with all the different things that you're doing how do you find a balance though well being divorced is one (laughs) sorry (laughs) not having a spouse makes it a little bit easy Mm -hmm. um <laughs> I have two boys, okay. um, 24 and 14. So you oh, know okay. they're pretty independent. Um, so and I, I I don't work for the school system anymore. I decided this year that I was going to wing it and see how this entrepreneurship would how far it would take me. And okay. so far it's it's done. I'm you know not eating cheese and crackers. So mm-hmm. you know so far it's been good to me. And I've been able to maintain and pretty much continue to do the work. So mm-hmm. now I have a lot more time to focus, you know, on different projects. I just make sure that when I get up in the morning and I, I treat it as a day of work from eight to five mm-hmm. and yeah. I kind of pace myself. Okay, I'm going to work on the magazine right now. And then at nine, I'm going to work on um, some Sony distribution. I'm going to upload some songs and at 11, I'm gonna take a break, you know, so I kind of pace myself to make sure that everything that I'm working on is going to be a, a success, because it was really hard to have all this stuff going on and trying to work a full-time job as well. Yeah. Now, obviously, you've talked about how you had this dream since you were young. you live life, you know, you basically started over, you rebranded, which is a great thing. 
So how has self-love played a part in that? Because as you mentioned, there was a stage where you didn't feel like you had that type of confidence. So how has self-love fueled you to follow your dreams? Because, you know, like I always say, take self-love takes a lot for you to be able to accomplish these things, to dream and go out and pursue those dreams, to dream big and to do things that you never thought you could do. So what role has self-love played in that? Because it takes, like you said, it takes confidence and it takes believing in yourself. Oh, it, it was a major, major, major asset to me doing all the things that I'm doing. Like I said, when, when I was younger, I had the confidence, but something happened once I got married because I and then him being a preacher focusing on the needs of the church mm-hmm. and so I was no longer me I was no longer in the equation it was about everybody else mm. so unfortunately you know my self-esteem went down and the things that I was best at, I was now the worst at because I, because I just didn't have it in me. I didn't have the energy because, you know, you know, taking care of a family and kids running around and boys in football, and then you got to be at church. And it was just too much. It was actually more than what I'm doing now, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, very strenuous. And when my grandmother passed, it was like a... a a light bulb went off. It was like, why, why are you sitting here, uh, you know, waddling in depression? Why are you not doing the things that you're gifted to do? Why are you allowing people's opinions to affect you? Because one thing I can tell you, and, I, and this, this is, I hope church folks don't get mad at me when I say this, but I'm gonna say it. One thing about being, in, especially in small ministries, everybody has an opinion on what you mm-hmm. should be doing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it was just one of those situations where I was listening to everybody except listening to me. Mm. So I, I finally, when I finally got the courage to write that book, it was like, it just took off from there. Um, when I um, became separated and we sold our house and, and moved on with our lives, I started really taking charge. Mm. I said, okay, I'm gonna you know, do trips I'm going to, you know, take advantage of nature, just little things that we take for granted, taking a walk, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to let the breeze hit my face. I'm going to go to the beach and just sit there and just look at the waves, you know, Mm -hmm. just little stuff that we, we forget that can make us feel better about ourselves. And Mm -hmm. so I did it all. I went to Las Vegas for my birthday by myself, like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's 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 how that's where my confidence went. It was like after <laughs> it was like after I started building, 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 I was like, I can do this because I had never been to Las Vegas and I always wanted to go. So I mm-hmm. said, okay, I'm gonna celebrate my birthday in Las Vegas. Mm. So, yeah. Wow. So it, it it took it took a couple of years to get there, but you know, with a couple of pushes from family members and a couple of speeches of do you know who you are and you know a couple of walks in the park and and reflection of where I could be if I did this this that or the other I got it together and and Mm -hmm. now I'm 
more confident than ever. Wow. So. Now, before we end everything, do you have anything to leave with, you know, women who may tune in? Because it takes a lot to reinvent yourself. I just saw a clip with Nisi Nas speaking to some women and she was saying like, you can always reinvent yourself. So I know a lot of times it's basically fear and lack of confidence that stops people, you know, from reinventing themselves, from saying, hey, it's never too late. So what would you have to say to motivate, you know, some women that may tune in that maybe of a certain age, they've played wife, they've played mother, they've had all these life choices, you know, and they've lived, you know, and as mothers, caretakers, we always have a part of ourselves that we don't put ourselves first. And when that happens, that dream gets pushed further and further away. But you're an example of you reinvented yourself, you took the reins and you started pursuing life and just living and pursuing those dreams. And so many people, they want to do it, but they just can't quite get to that next level. So what would you say to motivate that person that may tune in? And they're like, wow, you know, I've been life and mama and worker from nine to five for so long, but I'm sitting on that book. I'm sitting on that dream. I'm sitting on that business, but I don't have the confidence or the motivation. They may think they're too old. They just may think they can't start over. What would you say to motivate that person? I would say it was a slogan that was on the wall of the church. And I, I read it every single time I walked through the door and it said, overcomers never quit and quitters never overcome. And so if you don't get out there and, and push yourself to do it, to do it, you're not going to do it. And quitting is not an option. You're not going to be able to overcome and you're not going to be able to do what you desire to do. And you don't want to get a certain age and have regrets because I've, I've seen a lot of people, you know, by the time they get to 70, 80 years old, I wish I could have done this. I wish I could have done, I'm not going to be one of those people. I'm going I'm to conquer everything I possibly can conquer before I leave this earth. And so I encourage any female out there, no matter if you're, you know, married, bogged down with a job, whatever your situation is, make time for yourself, period. Um, there's a writer, I think it was uh, Kimberly Lawson Roby, it might have been. Mm -hmm. She used to get up, no, I think it was Zane. She used to mm -hmm. get up every morning at 5 a.m. to write her books. She had to, she had to be at work by 8. And she would get up at 5 a.m. and put in at least 10,000 words a day. And her, her stuff took off. And the next thing you know, she didn't have to work anymore because her mm. books were, were her income. So, so, you know, if you really want to do it, you can do it. Don't sit on that book because they say it's like 7% of African-Americans that actually publish. So please don't sit on that book. Get mm -hmm. that book out. Do what you got to do. And, you know... Don't worry about anybody else because other people's opinions will make you stay stagnated. And right. if you want to really accomplish that dream, you got to listen to the voice inside of you. Mm. Right. All right. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. This has been an amazing conversation. And I really commend you. You are really doing it. <laughs> I said you have done so much. And I'm just really amazed. I wasn't expecting to hear 2015, you know, <laughs> when we started talking about these things like that. I'm like, wow, really? Like, that's not that long ago. So I really commend you just for 
following your dreams and women like you, so many different women that I've had on the show that have similar stories. I really feel like it's just great to just inspire the next person and let them know, hey, you can do it because I really think that's what stops a lot of people just from accomplishing that goal. They can't figure out, well, how am I going to do it? And it's not always going to be easy, but it's worth it. So before we end everything, go ahead and tell everyone how they can find you, how they can contact you, how they can, how they can connect. Because like I said, you got a lot going on. So just give everybody your contact information. So um, my website, my um, book website is TeresaBHowell.com. I do help individuals uh, actually finish those books and publish them. Um, I give classes and things of that nature to help individuals become um, the best writer that they can be. And I uh, make sure that they get the, the best editor and anybody else in the, in the industry to help them uh, pump their book out. Um, for Sony Orchard, you can um, go to tvproductions.org. If you are an indie artist and you're interested in um, getting your music out there and, and let, letting people know you, um, you can send me a personal email at info at um, Also, I am known as the host Teresa B on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Okay. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for this conversation. Like I said, I really feel like your story and just you're very transparent, like you didn't sugarcoat anything. I feel like it will still inspire somebody to just go for it. You know, there's so many people, like you said, they're sitting on that book. They're just sitting on that dream in general. They just don't know how to start. They may think, oh, it's too late for me. And it's never too late. So thank you so much. And guys, Please just go ahead and connect with Teresa if you're ready to write that book or if you just want to get some advice and some mentorship on how you can move forward, go ahead and connect with her. So guys, make sure you remember too, self-love, motivation, your mindset, you are thinking and the circle around you. You have to really cancel all that noise. Sometimes you'll have so many negative people telling you, like she said, their opinion. And those same people have never pursued anything. So sometimes we absorb that and we think we can't do something just simply because of what we're letting absorb in our minds, what we're letting just eating the wrong foods from people, just from what they're saying. People's words are powerful. So always have a positive mindset. And if you don't believe in yourself, you can't expect anybody else to. So just always be motivated and know that you can accomplish your dream. So this episode will be available on our YouTube channel. That's Go Queen TV. You can also check out the audio versions as well. But you can head over to www.thekeychat.com to access all availability to this episode. So just remember to make sure you go love yourself and be safe. Thank you. Go Queen, go Queen, go Queen, go. Represent, you're a queen, you're a queen, oh.